that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. This July 3rd edition of the Logan Blackman Show. This July 3rd, 2020 edition of the Basement Podcast with, of course, your host, me, Logan underscore Blackman. Now, that's not my Twitter account. Go follow my social media accounts while we're on that topic. At Logan underscore Blackman, I think it's the Twitter account. So wait, yeah, that is my name. And then the show's Twitter account. At the underscore LB underscore show. Search the Instagram account on there as well. It just should pop up as the Logan Blackman show on Instagram. Uh, Go like the Facebook page as well. We're at 112 likes, I believe. So make sure you go and give it a big thumbs up on the Facebook page. While you're at that, I think I posted a video on there yesterday. We're going to start posting the podcast onto YouTube. So make sure that you go subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. I think we're at 18 subscribers. Maybe that's adjusted since yesterday. I don't know. I put out a memo yesterday that said, make sure you go subscribe to the Logan Blackman Show YouTube channel so we can get up to like around 50 subscribers. We get a good amount of views for only having 18 subscribers, but I think that's just because the people that follow me on social media go and watch the videos. They don't actually subscribe to the channel. You know, those, like, you go watch some YouTubers now and they'll go like, oh, 50% of you aren't subscribed. If I went on my viewers, (laughs) my total, I think I'm at like 2,000 something views. If I did that with my 18 subscribers, there's a lot of people that aren't subscribed that view the channel. So make sure you go out and subscribe to the Logan Blackman Show YouTube channel. This video, hopefully, if it lasts the entire time, because we had some technical difficulties the last time we recorded the podcast, not necessarily on the computer, which is the first time that's. When I say technical difficulty, the first time that hasn't happened in a while is actually the video camera. I'm recording this on my phone today. We got an awesome tripod that allows my phone to just sit still on the tripod. So, yeah, we're recording on the phone. Hopefully, it records all the way through. And it, the, the front-facing camera is not facing me. So, if it does stop recording, <laughs> I just won't know about it. So, that's a good thing because I had the camera with the... The video thing, I, I don't really know what to call it. The screen flipped back towards me so I could see what was happening. So when something went wrong, I noticed it. And that wasn't necessarily the greatest thing ever because I'd get all flustered and stop talking like I did on Wednesday, which the video for Logan Blackman Show podcast from Wednesday got uploaded yesterday. Took freaking forever to upload it. I just stopped uploading it on Wednesday. It took, it was taking too long. It, I was, was uploading it for, I think, five hours. It got to 39%. And I was like, no, I'm done. I'm not doing it today. So I made sure to upload it at my dad's office. So make sure if you haven't, go and watch the YouTube video. Because also, in the YouTube video, down in the description below, we got some links to some very cool things that some of my friends or my very talented friends are doing. Posted Creating a Vision Entertainment down there. And we also posted Drew Hendrickson, Clifford Kunkel EP link down there below. Uh, that comes out July 10th. There's a single coming out on July 6th. So make sure you're ready for that. That is in three days. So make sure you save it and get ready for that. And go buy yourself a cave shirt or a troglodyte sweatshirt while you're at it as well. Two of my most talented friends. And while we're on the topic of talented friends, I'll link Dire Wake down below as well, my friend. Drake's awesome band, the progressive metal band known as Dire Wake. I'll link their Spotify down in the description below. So make sure you go click on that as well. Man, I just got some... I got some talented people around me. It's very exciting. It's very nice to have talented people around you. Because people like me, who just do a radio show or a podcast for a living, can talk about the talented people. <laughs> and I sit here, and I'm just talking about them. 
It's the beauty and the curse of having a radio show. Because you're talking about them and then people go, well, what are your qualifications for doing this topic? Well, I guess I played football. I played football for a little bit. So I guess that gives me the right to talk about football players, which is what we're going to do today. A lot of what today's show is, is talking about the NFL. A lot of different things have popped up in the NFL recently. We talked about the NFL a lot on Wednesday with the whole Cam Newton situation in New England. If that's going to affect Jarrett Stidham, who's going to be the starter there in New England, Cam Newton or Jarrett Stidham? And of course, naturally, a lot of people are going to assume straight away that Cam Newton's going to be the starter. Cam's the bigger name. Cam's been to a Super Bowl. Cam has an MVP. But that's not always, not always the way it works out. Because according to some reports, this anonymous AFC East head coach, the Patriots love themselves some Jarrett Stidham. They just got a thing for Auburn quarterbacks. They got Jarrett Stidham, and then I got Cam Newton. Transfer Auburn quarterbacks, to say the least. Jarrett Stidham changed from Baylor, went to Juco, Auburn. Cam Newton transferred from Florida to a Juco to Auburn. Both had different levels of success at Auburn. Cam won a Heisman in a national championship. Stidham lost to UCF in the Peach Bowl. So, I mean, there's <laughs> there's different levels of success here while playing for Auburn. And Jarrett Stidham did have a little bit of a down year compared to the season before in his last season while playing for the Auburn Tigers. But they're the Patriots, so I wish them nothing but turmoil for the rest of their career. And hopefully, for Cam's sake, well, actually, no. If he was on any other team, I would say this. Well, actually, not any other team. I guess also the Jets, Dolphins, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, uh, Steelers, Cowboys. Any teams other than those teams, I would say I hope Cam gets back-to-back winning seasons. Because he's never had one. The Panthers as an organization have never had back-to-back winning seasons. They've been around my entire lifetime or a few years, I think two years prior to when I was born. Them and the Jaguars came in in 95, I believe. They've never had back-to-back winning seasons. Even the Jaguars and how bad they've been have had back-to-back winning seasons, especially in their early days with the Mark Brunel area. Mark Brunel era. They had some good teams down in Jacksonville. But Carolina... They've been to Super Bowls. They've been to two of them, but have never done anything after that. The season they went 15-1, and I think the next year they went 6-10. and Now, I could be wrong. That could be wrong. So don't quote me on that. I know I'm a sports radio show host, but don't quote me on some of the stats I bring up because I'm not looking at them at this point in time. I got my audio recorder up on my computer right now. So I'm just spitballing. I'm kind of just looking around the room. So now if you're watching the video, you know what I do throughout the show I kind of just sit here rock back and forth in my rocking chair and just kind of look around the room and spitball like I don't really have a set thing that I do I kind of just sit back in the rocking chair just slowly rock back and forth and then just try to think of things out top of my head try to draw inspiration from the wall or that wall usually this little guy Jeff Gordon who is sitting on my right your left if you're watching the video is up there on our filing cabinet thing and he's just staring at me so i'll draw inspiration from him i'll draw inspiration from a lot of things on the logan blackman show and now i've just added this to the station or to the the studio if you want to call it a studio this is a a great setup as you can see if you can't see i would recommend you go watch the youtube video if you're just listening on the podcast i'll link the podcast down below as well so you're watching the video but wanted to do other things go listen to the podcast on either spotify or apple podcasts 
I would greatly appreciate and give it a rating as well. We have two ratings so far on the Apple podcast, both five stars. Just continue to boost those five star ratings as well. I would greatly appreciate it. But a new addition to the station or channel or booth office. And we showed this on the camera on Wednesday, but we have to show it again because the camera didn't see it last. This camera hasn't seen it. We have Bible Man uh, shattering the Prince of Pride. I will plug this every single show. At least I hope to plug it every single show. I'll just, I'll read some of the reviews on the back to get you hooked on Bible Man shattering the Prince of Pride. Four stars. Bible Man continues to conquer. Proves proves audiences enjoy lessons taught by a superhero. In a series of well-crafted videos and in stunning li- lives, lives, and stunning, you see, stunning live shows, but lives shows around the country. Christian retailing. From the Chicago Tribune, Bioman quotes chapter and verse to help real kids with real problems. From Profile Magazine, Bioman is widely popular, and the stories are action-packed and right on with their message. Now, Profile Magazine, I think, is just written by the people that made Bible Man because, yeah, it's uh, it's not, I, I, I guess it, well, technically, I guess it was widely popular. I watched it. A lot of my friends watched it when we were younger. I had a Bible Man mask. I had that mask, to be exact, and the Bible Man cape. And my friend Drew, who we've talked about with his EP coming out, had a Bible Man lightsaber because they had the Sword of the Spirit, and it was a, a yellow lightsaber. So, by that fact, Bible Man is like, he had the yellow lightsaber before Ray did. Which, if I'm correct, the yellow lightsaber is the is like, you got all of the powers of Jedi. You know, the, you have knowledge of both sides of the Force. So that's Bible Man. So make sure to go watch that. I also have Bible Man A Fight for Faith. I don't have that one in the Logan Blackman Show studio. So uh, I can't give a, a rousing uh, speech about that one. But I would highly recommend watching this. You will... You will feel it, it is just great to watch. <laughs> There's some questionable scenes in this movie or TV show. Again, I don't know what to call this because it's a half hour, but it's his lone thing. Is it a TV show or a movie? It's a short movie if it's a movie. There's a lot of other Bible mans out there. I would just recommend going and watch some Bible man. Like, look at like the, his muscles on the back. Like, he just looks so, bl- he looks like, um, those bodybuilders that are not in shape or the, no, they're the, the strong men. Cause they're not really in the best shape, but they're super strong. That's what Bible man's armor makes him look like. And we're sitting there quoting all the things from Bible man, talking about the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. Um, what other ones, the sword of the spirit. It's just awesome. There's a musical number in there as well. Uh, Fight for Faith has a new Bible Man, so if you don't like this Bible Man, go watch that one because it's a it's a different Bible Man. I wanted to watch it on Monday night, but my friends weren't really <laughs> trying to watch it. It was 42 minutes long, and we were he didn't really want to watch it. But I don't know what's wrong with it. Why would you not want to watch Bible Man and get smarter in in the Scripture? But <laughs> I would just recommend watching Bible Man. I loved watching Bible Man growing up, and it's even funnier watching it. When you're a 22 year old, because it makes you look back and talk to your parents. Go, why did you make me watch that? <laughs> I've joked with my. I went upstairs right after, or not even right after, because we talked about this last week, and I brought it up to my parents, and I was like, "Why did you make me watch Bible Man?" So like, you love Bible Man. I was like, "Yeah, I love Bible Man." But watching some of the stuff that Bible Man does is just weird. 
I had to bring it up again because now we actually got video evidence of Bible Man. And hopefully this video camera or my phone actually records throughout the entire episode of this <laughs> July 3rd edition of the Logan Blackman show. So you can actually see Bible Man. If it doesn't, I'll say something a little bit later in the show to let you know my frustrations towards my life in general. That's the problem about doing something completely by yourself. You have nothing really to fall back on. My camera sucked. Uh, this phone, I don't know if it'll record all the way. Hopefully it does because I've had some recording issues with my phone in years gone by with the U.S. Men's National Team videos that I recorded in the year, like last year, around this time last year actually, and the NFL season previews. Those videos sometimes have recording issues. So hopefully this does not have that problem because the NFL season previews are about two hours long and I've had recording issues the, in the second one not I don't think I had one in the first one but the second one I definitely did so hopefully nothing goes wrong here because I really want to upload a video because I'm going to edit it I'm going to put stuff on this green screen behind me it's going to look awesome so I really want this to work <laughs> I would really really like this to work but enough dilly-dallying here on this Friday edition of Logan Blackman show let's let's give a quick preview what we're going to talk about today we've got Friday fun day we'll get a reveal what we're doing for Friday fun day in a little bit We've also got some scores to go around with La Liga and Serie A going into deep, deep end-of-season drama, especially in La Liga, with Real Madrid now having a commanding lead, or not commanding lead, but have a lot better chances of winning La Liga than Barcelona do at this point in time, especially from a few weeks ago. If you'd have told me that this is what the league would look like, I would call you crazy. We also got stuff from Serie A. Juventus and Lazio both play today. The two teams that are competing for the Serie A title. Both have big games coming up a little bit later. Today we also have some Player of the Month awards to give out for Serie A. Not the month you're thinking of, though. We have some Premier League scores with Liverpool getting absolutely schlacked yesterday. Talk about that one in a little bit. We also got some MLS news to talk about. We're not going to talk about the Bundesliga anymore because that season's done and dusted. Uh, uh, Erling Holland. The much-heralded young striker for Borussia Dortmund just got handed the number nine jersey for Dortmund following in the footsteps of Robert Lewandowski in seasons gone by. Hopefully, he doesn't go to Dort- or go to Bayern Munich. Hopefully, the Norwegian connection brings him to Manchester United eventually. But he will be wearing the number nine. Atraf Hakimi has transferred to Inter Milan. That one is official, I believe. And you also got Thomas Mounier coming over from PSG to Borussia Dortmund to replace Hakimi, who in a few aspects is a better defender, not as good as an attacker as Hakimi, but a a better defender than Hakimi, who got found out at times playing on that right side of Dortmund's attack slash defense this past season. MLS news, we got to talk about this. Igo Parra is sitting out of the MLS Resume Tournament. We'll talk about the MLS Tournament coming up in a little bit. Because we'll go over the score. We'll go, not scores, but that league's coming back next Wednesday. July 8th, I believe, is when the tournament starts up again. So we'll re-look at the tournament and where the seedings are and what teams are where. Because we haven't done that in quite some time now. And we also got some news from the Washington Redskins. Maybe a team name change in the future. Hopefully a team name changes in the future for the Washington Redskins. We got to talk about my favorite quarterback in the NFL, Sam Darnold, a little bit. ESPN made an article about him. Finally calling him out for all his BS over the past few years. And we'll rank the quarterbacks from the 2018 draft class, which we haven't done in a while. Maybe we've done it more recently than I remember. I've done a lot of shows recently. Uh, They all kind of start running together. 
after a while. I can remind you what happened on Wednesday. I could not tell you what happened last Friday. Other than the fact that we did a tier list of the Premier League midfielders. Because Liverpool won the league. So I thought we'd do some sort of Premier League midfielders with Frank Lampard. Win- basically winning Liverpool the league. Yeah. So I thought we'd do that last Friday. But other than that, all the shows kind of just mushed together. And it's very hard for me to remember. But for today, I thought it'd be fun to do a tier list. Since Cam Newton signed with the New England Patriots, I thought it would be fun. I guess, well... Is it official yet? I guess I don't really know if it's official, but he's said something about it. So I'm going to take him at his word <laughs> for it and basically just say, yeah, he's going to the Patriots. So now that pretty much all of the New England Patriots or all of the teams, in the NFL have new quarterbacks or have signed quarterbacks and all the big name quarterbacks are on teams now. I thought we could do a quarterback tier list with all of the quarterbacks that are on rosters. This is 2020 NFL quarterbacks with rookies tier list. So we do this every single Friday. If you're new to the show, we do this every single Friday. We find a tier list, make a tier list, and post it on social media and get your reactions from whatever. I got a nice little reaction from last week's tier list with the midfielders. I had Paul Scholes as the GOAT, which I firmly stand by that. A lot of people might say Stevie G or Frank Lampard or even Roy Keane or Patrick Vieira or someone like that. I think Paul Scholes is the best. I I don't even, I'm not going to explain it. I don't need to explain it because Paul Scholes is the best. But for this tier list, we got a bunch of different levels to this tier list. We've got elite, borderline elite, star, star potential, average, serviceable, backup, and just straight up bust. Which you never want to be in the bust category. I'm too nice. I don't know if I'll throw anybody in bust. That's a little mean. I don't know if I could throw, call someone a complete bust out of these lists. Like Dwayne Haskins, a lot of people might actually throw him in the bust category. But I don't know if I can do that yet because he's only played one season in the NFL. So I don't know if I could do that quite yet. If he sucks this year, then fine. I'll throw him in the bust category. But let's start this off. Let's go up to the elite category. As we talked about on the show about a million times, I think Patrick Mahomes is undoubtedly the best quarterback in the NFL. And you know how much that pains me to say that. I hate the Chiefs. Born and raised in the state of Iowa. I have Chiefs fans at every corner of the state. There's Chiefs fans everywhere. High school. Go to William Penn. There is more Chiefs fans there than anybody at William Penn. Because they're all from Missouri. So they're all freaking Chiefs fans. It sucks. So I had to listen to Chiefs. I go up to UNI, same thing. Now, I've escaped it a little bit at UNI. There's not as many Chiefs fans, but I've got some close friends that are very big Chiefs fans, so even if I'm not with them all the time, I still got to listen to them. But Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I also got to throw up in the elite category, Russell Wilson, who is one of my, if not my favorite quarterback outside of my favorite team. I love Russell Wilson. He's such a nice person. He gives all the love to the short people out there, which is not really that short. For the average height in America, I think he's bang on average. I do, he's like 5'11". He's listed at 5'11". He's, or maybe he's listed at 5'10". I'm not sure. But I love Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's just a good guy. He's a great quarterback. And the Seahawks are finally building some pieces around him on offense to actually give him some help. Because throughout their years of being dominant, 
with the Legion of Boom, they built up their defense. You had likes of Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner, Bruce Irvin, uh, crap, Michael Ben, Michael Bennett, maybe. <laughs> I can't. There's a lot of people in the Legion of Boom that we could talk about, but the offense always seemed to struggle. It was Russ, it was Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch. The offensive line was never anything special, and the receiving core was all right. Now you see the likes of Tyler Lockett out there. DK Metcalf, they got Greg Olson this offseason. They got two really talented running backs and Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Chris Carson being the more talented out of the pair. But still, they've got some talent on this roster. And the Seahawks are looking good. They're looking really good going into this season. Other person I could put in elite, I've got to throw Lamar Jackson. I know he's only played two years in the NFL in his first year. He was good. But nothing spectacular. He got the Ravens to the playoffs. Uh, dethroned longtime Ravens QB Joe Flacco, Super Bowl champ Joe Flacco. Got them to the playoffs and didn't really do anything in the playoffs. Kind of struggled against the, L- the was it the LA Chargers at the time? Was it San Diego Chargers? I think it was the LA Chargers at the time. And, oh no, it was the LA Chargers. It was two years ago. What am I talking about? He struggled. And then he came around to the fourth quarter. Everybody's yelling at John Harbaugh to bench his quarterback. And... He doesn't. Lamar starts to figure things out, and the Ravens come back. And they end up losing the game. But that was a little bit of sign of things to come that, oh, we're not going to – we believe in this guy. If he's if he's going to be our franchise quarterback, which I agree 100% with John Harbaugh on this, and I don't know if he's actually said this, but it's been talked about. If he's going to be our franchise quarterback, he's got to go through this. He's got to have times where he's going to struggle, where it's going to be hard. But he's always got to bounce back, which he did. To his credit, Lamar Jackson played very, very well at the end of this game. But it was too little too late. But Lamar Jackson, he does things that nobody else can do in the NFL. Rushed for 1,000, threw for 3,000, led the league in passing touchdowns. He's amazing. Lamar Jackson's amazing. I loved him at Louisville. I love him in Baltimore. And it pains me that he got dra- It must pain Browns fans because look at this for Browns fans. In that draft, you came away with Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward. Good players. Denzel Ward, one of the best shutdown corners in the NFL. But to Browns fans, you could have walked away with Saquon Barkley and Lamar Jackson. I'm sure they're fine with Nick Chubb. But Saquon Barkley and Lamar Jackson together on offense, they're kind of crazy. Which there is some link, there's some rumors going around at that time that the Browns would actually take. Saquon Barkley, number one, which I never believed those rumors. You don't draft a running back, number one. Look what the Bengals did with Kajana Carter. It's Drafting a running back in the top ten is sometimes scary because there's a lot of good running backs that come out of college. Like you look at Austin Eckler for the Chargers, Aaron Jones for the, Vi- or for, <laughs> for the Packers, fifth-round draft pick. Austin Eckler was undrafted. Other running backs that I can think of off the top of my head, Phillip Lindsay was undrafted. Uh, Chris Carson, I think, was a seventh-round draft pick, the guy we mentioned a little bit ago for Seattle. Um, Raheem Mostert was undrafted, I think. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on that. So all these running backs, there's a lot of running backs, or a lot of good running backs in the NFL that are later-round draft picks. Now, there's obviously great running backs in the league that were drafted really high, like the likes of Zeke, Saquon Barkley, um, uh, Todd Gurley until his knees started turning on him <laughs> until he got ha- until he found out he has the knees of an 80 year old Christian McCaffrey's another one so there's good running backs at both but 
drafting one at number one is kind of weird. Like drafting a receiver at number one, which is something the Jets have done with Keyshawn Johnson. But man, you could add Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley. Let's salivate and think about really getting Lamar Jackson and Saquon Barkley paired up together. But I think easily, I think those are the top three quarterbacks in the NFL at this point in time. And other quarterbacks we could throw up there in the elite category. I think Drew Brees is elite. Now this might go against my my top 40 quarterbacks list that we did a few weeks ago or last week, whenever it was. But this is where it gets hard because I have this list that I got to keep intact because I've said the top four quarterbacks in the NFL are Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun, and Carson Wentz. But Drew Brees is elite. Do I put him in borderline elite because he's getting old? I don't know. I don't. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, this is where it gets tough. This is where it gets tough. Let's remove him for a little bit. Well, let's work with the other quarterbacks real quick. So we got a lot of quarterbacks on this list. There's a lot of them. If I've if I've string recorded it, which I which I have, it should be up on the green screen right now. So you should see me circling the quarterbacks that we have left there's a lot of quarterbacks left but let's start off with the first or the third quarterback i guess on this list andy dalton andy dalton is a he's a serviceable to average quarterback um i don't think he's a necessarily a bad quarterback i i think it was time for cincinnati to move on but i don't think he's bad i'm gonna put him in serviceable because if you were talking about average quarterbacks, I don't know if he's if I would throw the other quarterbacks up there. Like we'll talk about them in a little bit, but I think he's serviceable. Baker Mayfield, I think he has star potential. Uh, I think a lot of the young quarterbacks on this list are gonna go in the star potential category because they're young players. They're gonna be built up, they're gonna be hyped a lot. Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick, second in rookie of the year voting, had a very down year last year, but has star potential. He definitely has star potential. And while we're at that, let's just look at all the other young quarterbacks that we have on this list. Daniel Jones has star potential. If he tones down the fumbles, which I know a lot of people really like Daniel Jones, there's a lot of things he does that are very nice, very good. He's very fluid in a lot of things that he does. But he fumbled 18 times last year. I don't care that he didn't lose all 18 fumbles. It's the fact that he just dropped, he put the ball on the turf 18 times in a season he didn't even start the entire season he had flashes of brilliance at times flashes of very good play at times but he needs to tone down on the fumbles i think drew lock has to go up there there's not there's so much hype around drew lock going into this season because he's just a very likable guy from what all the videos that you can see on social media from him rapping on the sideline it's just very, very fun, likable quarterback. A lot of people call him Jay Cutler with a brain, which is unfair to Jay Cutler because Jay Cutler is a very smart person. He went to Vanderbilt, not a very easy school to get into. I, I know he got an athletic scholarship, but still, you have to have the grades to get to Vanderbilt. But he just, just looks like he just didn't want to be an NFL quarterback. Once he got to Chicago, everything started going downhill a little bit. He got a lot of money, but Drew Locke, I think, has all the talent in the world. Joe Burrow, I think has to go and star potential. I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had, in my opinion, the greatest season a college quarterback has ever had. And I stand by that 
till the day I die. There, I've never seen someone so smooth with everything they do, so cool with everything, and being so badass at the same time. Like, there are so many things that that LSU team did to teams that was just awesome. What they did to Oklahoma in the college wall playoff, that was mean. Joe Burrow, that was very not nice of you to do that. What you did to Oklahoma was very, very mean. And then you made Clemson, not you didn't beat them as bad, but you made them look not great. LSU, the greatest college team of all time, led by the greatest quarterback of all time, one of the biggest Heisman Trophy margins in college football history, with him being number one and Jalen Hurts coming in second. Joe Burrow's amazing. I hope and pray that he is a success in the NFL because I like this dude too much. His story's awesome, and he's just a fun guy to watch. He's just very fun to watch. Other quarterbacks on here, uh, Jordan Love, another rookie from this draft class. So a lot of people compare it to Patrick Mahomes, which is a little unfair to Jordan Love, but I guess it's more of the sense that they're not comparing him directly to Patrick Mahomes. They're saying his skill set is similar to that of Patrick Mahomes. They're not saying he's the next Patrick Mahomes. They're saying he does things that are very similar to Patrick Mahomes. A lot of things that Patrick Mahomes did at Texas Tech is very similar to what Jordan Love did at Utah State. Trying to force a ball, playing with not great talent. Jordan Love with lesser talent, playing at Utah State, obviously, than Texas Tech. But not great talent, not world-beating talent. So Jordan Love found himself forcing a lot of balls, which saw him, his interception numbers jump up a lot in his last year at Utah State to 17, which statistically his last year at Utah State was not great, but the talent was just un, unparalleled. A lot of people had him going within, he had such a wide range of places he could go. Some people had him going from number five all the way to the second round. Like, there was nobody with a bigger margin of where they could get drafted than Jordan Love last year. There were so many things that could happen to Jordan Love. Like, oh, he could go to the Chargers at six. The Chargers apparently love Jordan Love. They see Patrick Mahomes, so the Raiders love Jordan Love. All the Miami Dolphins are going to trade up to three with the Lions and draft Jordan Love. Oh, all these teams are going to draft Jordan Love. I thought the Saints would draft him, but... That's just where my thing is. I thought they would. I'm actually surprised they didn't. Now, they went with an offensive lineman. They're like, we got Drew Brees for this last season. Let's try to go out and win. So, we're going to protect him right now. But Jordan Love ended up going to the Packers. Very similar skill set to that of Aaron Rodgers, who has a very similar skill set to Patrick Mahomes. And just like Mahomes going to Kansas City, Alex Smith, nowhere near the level of quarterback of Aaron Rodgers. They were drafted the same year, but... Yeah, Aaron Rodgers just oh, he's just way better. He's just way better than Alex Smith. I love Alex Smith. I think he's a really great person, but he's not the quarterback Aaron Rodgers. But like Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers has not turned the ball over. I think this could be wrong. Out of all the quarterbacks in NFL history, he has the best touchdown to interception ratio in the NFL. I don't know if that's right, but I'm pretty confident it is. So for Jordan Love, with a very similar skill set to the quarterback that he's gonna be eventually take over from in a year to two years time there's not so that he's not there's no one better he could learn from than Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers could teach him how to calm down how to not force throws he has great arm talent so our Rodgers can teach him all the accuracy traits but I guess you can't really teach accuracy you can teach timing and all that stuff reading a defense 
But Jordan Love, I think, is the perfect quarterback to learn from in A-Rod. And I think it's perfect for Green Bay. Now, I think Green Bay have wasted a lot of great quarterbacks these last 30 years with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. But getting one Super Bowl out of them, or two Super Bowls out of both, uh, then both of them together, that's not great. That's actually very bad. in my By my estimates, that's very, very bad. That the two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time have only won two combined Super Bowls. That's crazy to me. Sorry if I'm itching my eyes on the camera. My, I got like eye boogers in my eyes or something. Ugh, I don't know. Well, let's keep, we keep on moving. Josh Allen is the next one on this list with a beautiful white face mask. This picture is from when he beat the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Josh Allen goes in star potential. Josh has all the abilities in the world. There's not a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you can compare him to Cam Newton all you want. The The thing with the difference between Josh and Cam, now this might seem bad. I don't really care. Jo- you can just watch Josh's diving first down play against the Cowboys and Cam's play against the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl where he just looked at the ball and didn't dive on it. Josh picked up the ball and dove for a first down. With everybody around him, he just picked up the ball, fought for a first down. Cam Newton just let the Broncos players jump on top of the ball. Very similar in skill set. Big dudes, love to run, physical, absolute hoses, absolute piss cannons, absolute snot rockets for arms. But the difference is Josh will fight for the ball. Cam, and this is just the one example, but it's a been a it's a huge example. Cause you people get yelled at this for pra- at practice all the time. If a ball goes over your head in practice. You sprint back and get the ball. I get it's practice. Coaches get it's practice. They know it's practice. But you got to act like it's a game. Would you just let the ball bounce behind you in a game? No. You got to sprint behind you and dive on the football. That's what you should do all the time. Game, practice, playing in the backyard with it for every time. Unless it's flag football and the ball is just dead whenever it touches the ground. That's a different story. But you always dive for the football, which is why... I don't think jo- the mentality there is different between Josh and Cam. But it'll be interesting to see once these the Bills and Patriots match up. And if Cam Newton's a starter, we'll have to wait and see how this looks in New England. It's going to be very interesting to see how it looks with him playing for the New England Patriots. I'm very intrigued to see how that all works out. Whether it's going to be him or Jarrett Stidham starting for the New England Patriots, it's going to be weird not seeing a quarterback wear number 12 for the New England Patriots as it's been my entire life next quarterback on here joe justin herbert uh he has star potential yeah definitely uh he's big he's got a cannon arm he's mobile like he's got all the traits you really look for in a quarterback in today's nfl big he's six foot six he has a cannon arm he threw what is it 74 yards flat footed is that right or 54 yards am i giving him too much credit with 74 74 feels like a lot of yards I think it was probably 54. Uh, then he's at, he's very mobile. In the Rose Bowl, he had three rushing touchdowns. Got Oregon the win with Rose Bowl MVP. And he's worked in very bad situations. When he started at Oregon, Oregon was a terrible team. They just got through the Willie Taggart era. Just a terrible shape of, a fran- of an organization from the Willie Taggart era. 
and then they got into a new era, and then they went on to win a Rose Bowl. He's been in bad situations before and helped correct those bad situations. But the thing is, Justin Herbert, that scares a lot of people, is that what Oregon quarterback, other than Dan Fouch, which happened, what, 50 years ago, has transferred well to the NFL. In recent history, that has not happened. You see the likes of Joey Harrington, Marcus Mariota, Achilles Smith, Kellen Clement. Like, there's more Oregon quarterbacks that you can talk about. Those are just the ones that are popping in my head. So, a lot, people are scared <laughs> of drafting Justin Herbert because of that. So, I don't know. I think he'll be fine. I think the Chargers have a very nice team built around him. He doesn't need to get thrown into the fire right away because of Tyrod Taylor being there. The Chargers... Off the line is getting rebuilt. They got Trey Turner and Brian Balaga this offseason. Mike Pouncey is going to be back this season. Or Marquis, I can't remember the two, the pair of them. They got Hunter Henry's back. Keenan Allen, one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. Starting to get a little more love. Best route runner in the NFL. I will say that. And then Mike Williams there as well. The Chargers on offense. And Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson behind him at running back. They've got a nice offense. So it's not going to be like the situation that Joey Harrington went into in Detroit or the one that Achilles Smith went in in Cincinnati. They've got decent players around him. So they're not going to be expected to do everything like Joey Harrington or Achilles Smith were in those two situations that I talked about earlier. They're just not going to be expected to do that. They've got better players around them. The Chargers are the most talented 5-11 team I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Like on defense... Talent through the roof. KZA or Derwin James. Then you got Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Like, you got so many talented players. Offensively, very talented. Best 5-11 team I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't think they'll be anywhere near that this year. Well, well anywhere near. I could see them doubling their wins <laughs> to 10. But maybe they'll win 9 or 8. We'll have to wait and see. But Justin Herbert has the pieces to be a star in the NFL. Even though the fact that he did go to Oregon scares a lot of people. And rightfully so. Next one I'm going to talk about is Kyler Murray, one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. But not average, Kyler. You go and star potential. Kyler Murray's awesome. Kyler Murray is so much fun to watch. Everything he does is fun to watch. He's mobile. He doesn't force throws. I mean, he did a little bit last year, but that's just rookie tendencies. That will happen from time to time with a rookie quarterback, especially starting day one. But I really like Kyler. I think they've built, they're going to be building something nice here in Arizona. And I've said this on my show before. You can go listen to the older shows on spot on SoundCloud. The Cardinals aren't that far off, if we're being 100% honest here. And then they've added some really good pieces this offseason. DeAndre Hopkins being the key one. Then you've got Isaiah Simmons there as well, the linebacker or defensive back or defensive end from Clemson. You got all these, and then you got Patrick Peterson still there. Then you got Chandler Jones, we haven't even talked about. They drafted Josh Jones in the draft. They got DJ Humphreys at right tackle or left tackle, whatever you want to play him. They're building something pretty nice down there in the desert. And Kyler Murray is going to be spearheading that. And I'm really excited for what the Cardinals' future holds because I think a lot of people in Iowa can say this. A lot of Iowa people are kind of Arizona Cardinals fans. A lot of you and I fans, especially Arizona Cardinals fans, the likes of Kurt Warner playing there and David Johnson playing there. There's a lot of you and I fans that are Cardinals fans. So we want to see Kyler Murray do good in the league. I'm very excited to see what Kyler Murray can do. Next quarterback I'm going to talk about, Tua Tagovailoa, 
Very talented dude. What the most accurate quarterback in this draft by a mile. Now there's some people out there that are saying he's just a product of the Alabama system. And much like Justin Herbert, there's hasn't been a lot of very talented Alabama quarterbacks playing the NFL recently. Even going back in history, of course, you got the likes of Ken Stabler, Joe Namath, but and Bart Starr, but you've got a lot of other quarterbacks that just haven't done anything. Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron's now back. I mean, he's carved out a nice career as a backup, but as his chances of starter in Buffalo, it just didn't work out. He had a chance to be a starter in Cincinnati as well with Andy Dalton out. He had a chance to take the job away from him. Did not happen. There's other quarterback. Brody Croyle is another quarterback here. Uh, what other ones have there been? Just try, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, John Parker Wilson, another one, but he didn't really, he wasn't really that great in college. I mean, he went to a national championship. That was pretty much spearheaded by Mark Ingram. But I think Tua, his accuracy is just natural. It's just very natural. He could be a product of the Alabama system, but he still has to perform. That's the key thing. You still have to perform. And I think Tua, though he's battled some injuries at Alabama, I think that's just a result of him playing super hard. I'm not going to say that's a result of him just being straight-up injury-prone. I think that's just him playing hard. So he definitely has star potential, and it scares me that he's on the Dolphins because you got Josh Allen there, you got Jarrett Stenberg Cam Newton there, and then you got Tua, Sam Darnold there, which, we'll, again, we'll talk about in a little bit. But star potential, definitely, for Tua Tagovailoa. Is anyone else I want to put in star potential? Star potential, star potential. Um, no, not right now. Now that I think maybe I'll add a person or two in there. Let's go to average, average quarterbacks. Um, who are we gonna add here? The first quarterback in average, Derek Carr. I think he's just an average quarterback. I think he's unfairly hated around the league, but he's just average. He doesn't do anything spectacular. Um. He doesn't win games. I mean, he did a couple years ago where they went 12-4. and four, But other than that, I think he's just straight up an average quarterback. Another quarterback on here, Jacoby Brissett, I think is an average quarterback. He played very, very good in the first half of last season, his first season as a starter for the Colts. But there's a reason the Colts went out and got Phillip Rivers this offseason. Because Jacoby Brissett did not play anywhere as good in the second half of the season. I might lower him down to serviceable. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lower him down to serviceable. And I might move Andy Dalton up to average, but we'll have we'll wait and see on that. Other average quarterbacks that I could throw in here. I think Jared Goff is an average quarterback. Do I want to put him star? He's not really a star. I think he can make a lot of great throws. There's a lot of throws that he can make that a lot of other quarterbacks in this league can't. But for right now, I'm just going to keep him up in the average one. Anyone else? Uh, Philip Rivers, where did he go? I just saw him. There he is. Right now, at this point in his career, he's an average quarterback. Some might say below average quarterback, especially with last year's play, where he threw 23 touchdowns and 20 picks, I think. Maybe 22 touchdowns. I can't remember. But just an average quarterback. And another person I could throw up an average. This is sad to say this, but just the fact because he's old, it's Tom Brady. At this point in time in Tom Brady's career, especially last year, Tom Brady's just average. Now, I could throw him up in star because he is a star. Tom Brady is one of the biggest stars in the NFL. And I don't want to undervalue Tom Brady because I don't want to piss off Tom Brady because there might be a chance 
he somehow sees this stupid video or listens to this stupid podcast and goes, I'm going to use that as motivation. So I think he's average right now. Maybe I could throw, I might throw him up in star in a little bit. We'll see what I can do with that. Anybody else I want to throw an average? Ryan Tannehill, I think it's just an average quarterback. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he might be average to serviceable quarterback. Because uh, everybody talks about his one year in Minnesota where they went 11-5, and five, I think, lost the year they lost to Seattle in the playoffs. He threw like 14 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So nothing spectacular there. So I might move him down to serviceable at some point. Uh, others, uh, do we have anybody else I could throw an average? Jimmy Garoppolo kind of, uh, we'll throw him up there for now. We'll see what I, I might keep, I might move him up a little bit later, but I don't know. I think those are fair average quarterbacks. Do we have any serviceable quarterbacks I could throw up on this list? Uh, I think that Jarrett Stidham is serviceable. I don't think he's a franchise guy. I might move him up to average, but I don't really know anything about Jared Stidham at this point in time as an NFL quarterback. He's two for four. And he has a pick six. There's not a lot we really know about Jared Stidham right now. So I might just throw, I'm going to keep him at serviceable right now. Nick Foles, I think is a serviceable quarterback, great backup. And he's a great situational quarterback, which is the, basically the definition of serviceable. He's good in situations, essentially. Not great, not a starter, but can come in and be a starter when necessary. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is serviceable. I think Tyrod Taylor is serviceable. Uh, I think Marcus Mariota is serviceable. I think he could definitely be up there and serviceable. Anybody want to add backups or do we have any other serviceable? I think RG3 is serviceable. I don't think he's a great, he's not a starter, but... I think you can definitely put him as serviceable. I think he's one of the better backups in the NFL. But I think he's better than some starters in the league. But I think he just fits perfectly with Baltimore wanting to do. Uh, backup quarterbacks, uh, Brian Hoyer, easy. Come on, Brian. Why are you not working with me, Brian? He doesn't want to go in backup. Brian goes in backup. Chase Daniel. I think that's Chase Daniel. I th- or Chad Henney. I can't tell. But it's one of those guys. David Blow, I know it's not even pronounced his name, but I like pronouncing it like that. Uh, Jake Fromm is a backup. Uh, Kyle Allen is a backup quarterback. Anybody else? I might throw. I'm going to throw Trubisky up in serviceable. I think he can fit up there as serviceable. They went 11 and five his first year as a starter or second year as a starter. I think he's serviceable. Maybe we can lower him down to backup eventually, but right now I'm going to keep him in serviceable. Uh, Case Keenum. I think I could throw up in serviceable as well. Maybe I could throw Kyle Allen up in serviceable. I might I might be adding too many people up to serviceable. <laughs> this doesn't feel right. Uh, Mason Rudolph uh, is a bust because of the fact he was drafted to eventually be the replacement for a Big Ben. It has turned out he is not. <laughs> he sucks. Uh, another person I could throw up there as of right now, and I feel bad for doing this, but Josh Rosen is a bust just at this point in time. I feel bad for putting him in bust because I think he has a lot of potential, but I don't know if I can put him, but I don't know what I can do with Josh Rosen. It's sad seeing Josh Rosen down there. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. This is the most intriguing one out there. I'm going to throw him up in uh, serviceable star potential average. Where's I don't know where to put Dwayne Haskins. Same thing with Gardner Minshew. 
I don't know where to put him. Same with Jalen Hurts. I don't know. Jalen Hurts reminds me straight up of Dak Prescott. Like, they're very similar style of players. Uh... Do I want to throw Tom Brady up in star? Because he is still a star. All these other quarterbacks. Okay, yeah, I'm going to throw Tom Brady up in star. Uh, other people I could throw up in star. Big Ben is a star. I don't like Big Ben, but he's definitely a star in this league. Because everybody, if you looked at Big Ben, everybody knows who Big Ben is. I think Cam Newton is a star in the NFL. Any other quarterbacks I want to add in star? Um... I think I could put Matthew Stafford up in star. I think he can easily go up there. Where do I want to put Taysom Hill? Do I put him in serviceable? I, I think he's serviceable. I think that's fair for Taysom Hill. Uh, I've got to find a place for Dwayne Haskins. It's Dwayne Haskins, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions to his name so far in his NFL career. He's basically set up to lose in the nation's capital. Where do we throw Dwayne Haskins? I don't know. This is hard. <laughs> Dwayne Askins, I think, has potential. Okay, so that that answers that question. We're going to throw him in star potential. I'll throw Sam Darnold up in star potential as well because I think they still all have potential. Uh, Jameis, um, I don't know. I think he might be an average quarterback. I don't know. He's ugh, This list is hard. I don't like this list. Cause now it's making me think a lot about this thing. <laughs> Gardner Minshew, as of right now, is just an average quarterback. He doesn't do anything spectacular. Um, he doesn't have a big arm. He's not big. Um, and he looks like he fits in with that category of quarterbacks I got an average. So I think he fits in right there. Let's look at borderline elite. Let's look at that category. Um, I think Carson Wentz is borderline elite. I don't know who I want to add in that top category. Because this will ruin my quarterback list if I do it like, well, I guess this doesn't really ruin it because the star potential QBs, I have some of them below the average quarterbacks. But yeah, this is where it gets to. I think Deshaun Watson is borderline elite. I think Dak Prescott is borderline elite. He does a lot of good things for being as hated as he is. He does do some good things for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Matt Ryan, I think is borderline elite. Maybe I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to put these guys. Ah, um, <laughs> so I hate this. I hate doing these lists. They're so hard. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, I got five quarterbacks left. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, James Winston, Jalen Hurts, and Kirk Cousins. I'm going to throw A-Rod up in elite. I think Aaron Rodgers is elite. Uh, I, think he's, I think he is an elite quarterback. I Drew Brees is an elite quarterback. This completely trashes my top 40 quarterbacks list, but you know what? I don't care. I think Kirk Cousins is um, a star. He's a star of borderline elite because he does a lot of really good things for – the Minnesota Vikings just gets hated on a lot. But I think star is fair for him. And then Jameis Winston, Jalen Hurts. I don't know what to do for these guys. Because Jameis Winston on one end has been really good 
and on the other hand, been extremely terrible at the exact same time, which is very rare. You don't see that happen a lot. Uh, do I put him up with star potential? He does have star potential, but he sucked. He absolutely sucked last year at times. 30 interceptions. Jalen Hurts, I think I got to throw up in star potential. And then uh, Jameis. Jameis, Jameis, Jameis. Do we put in serviceable? He got LASIK, so I mean, do we put him in star potential? I think we could throw him up in star potential. I'm going to adjust this list a lot during the break because I don't like this list. <laughs> it bothers me looking at it because you look at the quarterbacks on here and I think it's fine, but there's some, it's like the serviceable category. Um, there's a lot of people on here and I feel like I could move a lot of them down a list or two. Because some of them had very good seasons. Like Case Keenum had that great season in Minnesota. So I'm going to get a big money move to Denver. But for his career, he's been a backup. Kyle Allen had some great moments last year, but it's been a backup now. Trubisky, I don't know. RG3, I don't I don't know. I think Tyrod and Fitzpatrick are fine. I think Fitz, Jacoby Brissett are fine. I think Nick Foles is fine. He's serviceable. I think Trubisky is fine for now. You maybe some people might throw him in the bust, but at least he's been to the playoffs. So I'll give him that. Oh my god. I don't know what I'm gonna do here. I'll take a quick break here on the Logan Blamage. I'll come back and I'm gonna have an adjusted list because <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do here. And it makes me sad. Because I want I want this list to be accurate. I want it to be as accurate as possible, but this list right now is bothering me. So, with that being said, let's take a quick break here on the Logan Blackman Show. We will come back. We got some more NFL news to talk about. We got some Washington Redskins news to talk about. Got to talk about Sam Darnold stuff as well. And we also got another list here. You got like four lists today, or three or four lists. So, yeah, we got more lists to go over today. So, with that being said, let's take a quick break here on the Logan Blackman Show. I will be back to you right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back to this Friday, July 3rd edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Basement Podcast. And just a friendly reminder, as we are about halfway through today's show, to go follow the Logan Blackman Show on all different accounts on social media. I think we talked about this earlier in the show, but go and do it again. So go follow the Twitter account for the show at the underscore LB underscore show. Follow my personal Twitter account at Logan underscore Blackman. Go on Instagram, search the Logan Blackman Show up on Instagram. It should pop up. Same thing with if you search Logan Blackman. I think my username is like Blackman Logan or something like that. And then also, go like the Facebook page. We're at 112 likes on the Facebook page, so go up and give the Facebook page a big thumbs up. And while we're on the topic of thumbs up, go to the YouTube channel, give the latest video a thumbs up, give this video a thumbs up, and go subscribe to the Logan Blackman Show YouTube channel. Some skits will be coming in the near future, so stay tuned for some stuff like that. Got a few things coming in the mail that will be that will be a huge factor or be a big factor at least in the Logan Blackman show skit. So stay tuned for all those. So go click subscribe on the YouTube channel and click the bell on the YouTube channel as well. So you'll never miss a Logan Blackman show upload. And if you're aware of dates, you're aware today's July 3rd, which I think we've said about four or five or six times on today's show, you will know as most people know tomorrow is July 4th. 
which after the third day of each month, the 4th usually follows, but the 4th of July marks the independence of America. So go out there and celebrate accordingly with friends, family, do whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good holiday to celebrate. It's a good excuse to drink beer, I guess, if you want to say. You get suntan. A lot of people go out to the lakes. Some people go out to the beaches. Other people just hang out with their friends and family, which is exactly what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Been hanging out with some friends. Make sure to go watch the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. My personal favorite part of the 4th of July is the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. So go and watch that because it is a joy to watch every single time. Brilliant, brilliant television. Absolutely love it. Going to light up some firework. Going to do all that sort of thing. It's going to be fun. 4th of July is always a fun holiday to celebrate and hope everybody has a safe and fun 4th of July. Don't be going off and blowing your fingers off by fireworks like Jason Pierre Paul did a few years ago or countless other fireworks accidents that happen not just in the U.S. but around the world. So I know the 4th of July is really only a holiday that gets recognized or gets celebrated in America for obvious reasons, but people still light off fireworks around the world. So be safe around fireworks because they are very, very dangerous. So make sure you go and do that as well. Just have a safe and fun 4th of July. And one of the most American things about America is baseball. Now, we're not talking about the MLB. MLB is coming back later this month, as a lot of sports are. So stay tuned for more sports because sports are coming back. With the I think the MLS, the first sport out of the major leagues that is coming back. I think July 8th is when the MLS comes back. We'll talk over the MLS table in a little bit. But I want to talk about baseball first because we're going to talk soccer a lot in the coming, like, few minutes or so. So with the KBO right now, we got a few games going on. Games every day except for Monday in the KBO. Let's go over the games that have happened since Wednesday. So we'll look back. We obviously had games on Wednesday. Those get played in the morning. So we'll talk about the games that happened yesterday and today. So yesterday... We had the Samsung Lions beating SK 6-2. Kiwoon beating the Doosan Bears 10-7. Kia beating Hanwa 7-1. NC Dinos beating Lot 9-7. And KT, the lone road team, getting the win yesterday 4-3 over the LG Twins. And as for today's action, the LG Twins on the road against the Samsung Lions lose 9-4. Or 9-7, my bad. Doosan Bears beat Hanwa 2-1. KT beat Kiwoon 3-2. SK beat Lotes 7-4, and Kia Tigers beat the NC Dinos 8-2. And I saw this little stat. It popped up on Twitter this morning. Let's see if I still have the screenshot. Here it is. Uh, Best road records in the KBO this season. The LG Twins are currently the best road team in the KBO. That being said, they did lose their last game against the Samsung Lions on the road. But... They're still currently the best team on the road. 14-6 is their record on the road. The NC Dinos, the best team in the league, obviously are going to be mentioned up there with the best road teams in the league. 16-7 are the Dinos on the road. The Deuce on Bears sit third with 18-12. And, and the Kiwoom Heroes sit fourth with a 13-11 record. This was entering today's games. And LG, of course, lost. And the NC Dinos lost as well. But they were at home. Deuce on was at home as well. And Kiwoom, they lost 3-2. So, those records <laughs> only got worse for LG and Kiwoom. Doosan and NC, they didn't play on the road, so it did not matter. And since we're talking about 
the road records. Look at the standings as a whole. The NC Dinos currently sit on top with a 34-16 and 16 record. Kiwoom in second with 32-20. and 20. Deuce on right behind them, a game and a half behind them at 30-21. and 21. And then Kia has surpassed the LG Twins in the standings with a 27-21 record. LG is 28-23. Samsung right behind them, a half game behind the Twins at 28-24. KT, a couple games behind them, 24-27. and 27. Lote, 23 and 26, SK 15 and 36, and Hanwa 12 and 39. So just not a not a great season for those bottom teams. Hanwa now three games behind SK in the standing. So I hope for their fans' sake they bounce back a little bit. Because I would love to see them not be in last place anymore. Because they've been in last place for a very, very long time. So I would just hope for their sake. They move out of last place because that'd be very nice. Very, very nice. And I hope for the Doosan Bears fans' sake that they can catch. But, but prior to a few weeks ago, prior to a few days ago, they're trying to catch the NC Dinos. Now they've got to catch the Kiwoom Heroes who sit a game and a half above the Bears, which is not, not ideal. It's not very ideal. But those are your scores from around the KBO and the league standings as we stand right now on this July 3rd edition of the Logan Blackman Show. With that being said, let's look at some scores from around the world of football. Soccer. Haha, <laughs> made, a, made a funny there. In La Liga, where the league race has kind of flipped on its head, with Real Madrid now sitting on top of the Liga, four points above Barcelona. Barcelona have dropped points three of their last four games, drawing their last two. Real Madrid have not lost in a fat minute. And don't seem to be dropping any points anytime soon. They beat Getafe 1-0 yesterday. Which was very much needed. Now they've increased the gap. They now have an 84% chance to win La Liga. If you had, if you had this stat, I think it was two weeks ago, they had around a 36% chance to win La Liga. Now they have an 84% chance to, chance to win the league. And like Gerard Piquet said, he doesn't see... Real Madrid dropping points anytime soon, which doesn't look like it because they're on freaking fire. As far as I know, they've won their last six games and they've won more games since then. They play on Sunday. They'll play Athletic Bilbao on the road this upcoming weekend. Barcelona will also be on the road against Villarreal. So two not very easy games for these two teams. Me and Real Madrid would much rather play Athletic Bilbao than Villarreal because Athletic Bilbao have been interesting for. They've won three of their last six. They've drawn two and lost the other ones. Uh, Villarreal has won five of their last six, and they drew the one they didn't win. So Barcelona, as they continue to drop points, are playing a team that has won more games in their last six than they have. So it'll be a very interesting game for Barcelona. But, man, it's just tough. They had the league. They had it like this. They had They had the league win. And then it just got wiped out. And now Real Madrid are heavy favorites to win La Liga this season. And for Serie A, we have another title race on our hands. Again, as I said earlier, Juventus and Lazio will be both playing today. Lazio will be playing AC Milan and Juventus will be playing their city neighbors, Torino. I, well, tomorrow, tomorrow, my bad, tomorrow. So that is very, that's very big ties there. Very, very big ties. Both teams are at home. Lazio currently sent four points behind Juventus in the standings. That one loss to Atalanta is really, 
hurting them in the league standings. They've won five out of the last six. Juventus have won six out of the last six. But Lazio lost that one game. They have a better goal differential. They've scored more goals. But the difference is they've tied. They've drawn two more games than Juventus, which is really hurting them at this point in time. If they want to end Juventus' stranglehold on Serie A, they're going to need some big results, not only for them, but teams playing Juventus. So teams like Torino, who currently sit 15th in Serie A, who have lost four of their last six, won one and drew one the other ones, they're going to need a massive results from the other team in turn, which doesn't seem very likely, but stranger things have happened. You know, a couple weeks ago, if you said Real Madrid are going to win the league, a lot of people would call you crazy. But now they're at 84% chance or something along those lines of winning La Liga. How crazy is that? And I guess I didn't really look at this. Who do Barcelona play next? See if they can kind of close the gap a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, wait. Yeah, Villarreal. We said that already. Uh, short-term memory loss. I guess we got some big title races going on there. It's a big boy title race between Serie A and La Liga. And for the Premier League, the team that just got crowned the champions last Thursday got slacked by Manchester City yesterday. 4-0 was the final against Manchester City for Liverpool. 3-0 down at halftime. The first, the biggest deficit they've had at halftime since Steven Gerrard's last game against Stoke City where they lost 6-1. 4-0. They just got crowned champions. Yesterday was just a weird day for soccer scores in the Premier League. Sheffield United, who since the restart has happened, have not looked good at all. They drew one, lost their other two games. The two games they lost, they lost by a combined score of 6-0. Now, they're going in, playing Tottenham, and they beat them 3-1. 3-1! I don't think they've scored since the restarts happened. I think they drew Aston Villa 0-0, then lost 3-0, then lost 3-0. So, they scored three goals in this game and allowed one against Tottenham Hotspur. And Jose Mourinho, uh, by all accounts, is... Pretty much losing it. A lot of people are saying he should just quit um, club football altogether. It says elite club football has pretty much, he's gone. He's lost it. And it seems that way because some of the stuff he says, some of the tactics he puts out are just weird. Now, a lot of people out there are saying he could be a very good international manager. I could agree with that. I just think as of right now, Jose Mourinho is not one of the best club managers in the world and they replaced Mauricio Pochettino with Jose Mourinho and it just hasn't worked out at all Tottenham haven't been looking good this is just the teams in the North London side are just not looking good at all Arsenal though Arsenal did get a nice little 4-0 win over Norwich the other day as the season has gone on they have not looked good the North London teams have just not looked good and it's I mean I don't really care it's kind of funny in a sense but you feel kind of bad for the fans. Not really. Not for Arsenal fans. Tottenham fans have struggled enough. But Manchester City versus Liverpool. Absolute slacking. Kevin De Bruyne gets a goal. Then you have Phil Foden. Or then Raheem Sterling. And then you get an own goal from Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. And I could have had the goal order mixed around. But those are the people that scored. It was just a terrible game for Liverpool. And it was... I enjoyed it. <laughs> to say the least. You get your first title... And then you get thumped 
by Manchester City. And that's putting it lightly. Jeez. Absolutely embarrassment for Liverpool. Their defense, which is nowhere to be seen, and Manchester City just ran rampant in the game. Just absolutely throttled, full throttle, down, no all gas, no brakes. Just murdered them. Absolutely murked them in this game. Liverpool got absolutely murked by Manchester City yesterday. And it was a joy to watch. I hate both teams with a burning passion, but Liverpool just won the league. The first time in 30 years. They deserve to get absolutely schlacked like that. I don't care who it was. I don't care who lost who. The schlacking was awesome to see. And the other losses to Watford. So, how awesome is that? There are two losses this season. I've been to Watford and then an absolute thumping to Manchester City. Beautiful. And for their other teams in the top four with Leicester and Chelsea, Manchester United and Wolves all competing for those top four spots. Manchester United got a huge result this weekend. Not from them. No, 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 no. Not from them, but from West Ham and Everton. West Ham beat Chelsea 3-2, and Everton beat Leicester 2-1. Those two teams are in the bottom half of the league with West Ham sitting 16th in the league. Out of all the teams in the bottom five spots in the league, West Ham, Watford, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, and Norwich West Ham was the only one in their last six games. Norwich got a win a little while back. That has won a game. Out of the six, out of the five teams there, there have been four wins in their last, what, 30 games. Right? Yeah, four wins in the last 30 games between those five teams. That is insane. (laughs) Beautiful, but insane. But West Ham, 30 points right now, have... Moved up the table. Impressive stuff from them. Did not expect them to beat Chelsea at all. And 3-2 was the final. Beautiful. And then Everton didn't really see them beating Leicester. But you know what? It happened. And that helps Manchester United a lot. Who I said would make the top third, make the top four. Not only top four. I believe I said they'd finish third, if I remember right. Now they're only two points, or no, three points behind Leicester City. Now they are two points behind Chelsea. And it's heating up. Manchester United are still hot. Haven't lost since Bruno Fernandes has come to the club. And they have looked great these last two games. Now, I am aware it was against Sheffield United and Brighton. Sheffield United played good all year. But they haven't played good since the restart until they got this weird result against Tottenham. Brighton and haven't looked that good all season. So I'm not terribly surprised that Manchester United have been really good since the restarts happened. But hey, top four is knocking. Manchester United knocking on the door of the top four. It's looking good. I hope they can just keep it up because they've looked great. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's in the running for manager of the month for the Premier League. Uh, Bruno Fernandes and Anthony Martial are all in the running for player of the player of the month in the Premier League. And I forgot to mention this in the Serie A, but Luis Alberto was named player of the month in February. Very impressive stuff from Luis Alberto. Got named player of the month four months, five months back, seven, six months back. Is that right? In my month, I know this is seventh month. There's the second, but I, I'm not going to do, I don't want to do quick maths. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It's not, it's just not what I'm going to do, but Hey, thank you, Manchester city for sending Liverpool straight back down to earth. Now it's, they're going to be right back. They mean, they've already won the league. So they didn't really do anything, but you know what? It's still, it's still cool. I still enjoyed it. 
So thank you, Manchester City, for absolutely thumping Liverpool. With that being said, let's look at MLS, which is returning July 8th. So make sure you tune into that. Final will be on August 11th at 7 p.m. I'm looking at the webs MLS website right now. I'm looking at the groups. Let's go over the groups again real quick. Uh, Orlando City, Miami, NYCFC, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Nashville are in Group A. Group B reads as Seattle, Dallas, Vancouver, and San Jose. And then in Group C, we're going to keep going like this. Group C reads as Toronto, New England, Montreal, and D.C. United. Group D, Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City, Colorado Rapids, and Minnesota United. Group E, Atlanta United, FC Cincinnati, New York Red Bulls, Columbus Crew. Then Group F, LAFC, LA Galaxy, Houston Dynamo, and the Portland Timbers. And big news yesterday coming out of Group D, 2019's MLS Defender of the Year, Sporting Kansas City, former Sporting Kansas City defender, Igo Parra, is sitting out of this restart. Big, big news for Sporting Kansas City in Group D because they were already the favorites in Group D by my estimates, but I'm biased, so I don't I don't know if my vote really matters in this situation, but this helps them out a lot because Minnesota United lost their best defender and the best defender from last year in the MLS. Craziness. But there's a thing right now on the MLS website that allows us to pick the group stage winner of each group. This is presented by Heineken, MLS's back tournament. So let's go through and pick the winner of each group. MLS bracket. Okay, let's go. Scroll down. Make your picks. There it is. Ah, I got to log in. I don't want to log in. Ah, do I really have to do this? I'm not doing this. Okay, we're just going to do it like this. We're going to read through and say who I want to win. <laughs> who I think is going to win. Uh, group A, uh, no real team sticks out here, if we're being 100% honest. Now, Orlando has the home field advantage or whatever, but who we think is going to win this? NYC, I mean, it's hard to judge right now because we've played two games this season. So it's really hard to judge the 2020 MLS season to the, right now and say who's going to win the tournament because we played two games. Like, a lot of teams change over the course of the season. Two games don't really define a season. The first two games especially don't really define a season. But you have new teams like Nashville in there. My Inter-Miami are in there as well. Chicago Fire's rebrand is there. Uh, Orlando's the host. NYCFC have been one of the better teams in the MLS for the past few seasons. Philadelphia's usually up there in the rankings. Um, let's look at the MLS standings right now and how they stand. So right now are the teams we said. New York, Inter-Miami, and Nashville all have zero points. None of them won a game. In New York City FC is the only team in the Eastern Conference that's not, allowed, that's not scored a goal all season. Philadelphia Union have one point. Orlando City SC has one point. And Chicago Fire have one point. So there's not really a huge margin of victory or huge margin for these teams as the MLS restarts. But my prediction for the winner in this bracket will be the Chicago Fire. Let's go with them. A little interesting one there for Chicago. Do I do I believe that? Do I actually have great feeling in that? 
not really. I don't really feel that confident making this because there's not a lot of good teams in this side of the bracket. But you know what? We're going to go with them. And yeah, it's, I don't really have a lot of other <laughs> things to say about that. Other than neither one, none of these teams are looking really good to start the season. But again, it's only after two games. I think Philadelphia can make some noise. NYCFC can make some noise. I'm not really expecting Nashville or Miami to do anything. These aren't like LAFC or Atlanta United where they're just built to succeed right away. These two teams have good players, but they're not going to they're not going to be threatening anything. Like when Atlanta United came in, Joseph Martinez, Miguel Almiron, players like that. LAFC Carlos Vela. Like you have great players, Diego Rossi's there as well. They had some great players on these teams. Nashville have Walker Zimmerman and Miami has Will Trapp and Luis Robles, I think. There's nothing really special about these two. I'm not really feeling like these two teams will do anything. I don't think Orlando will really do anything. I think it's between Chicago and NYCFC. I know they haven't scored a single goal all season, but they still got talent on their roster. So that's my prediction for Group A. Group B, Seattle. I mean, they're the best team in this group, obviously. I don't really think there's a lot to say about this group. That Seattle's just the best team in the group. They're MLS Cup champs. They've been in the MLS Cup a lot in the recent a lot in recent history. I think they've got this one in the bag. Group C. I can say the same thing pretty much for this one. I think Toronto's got this. Montreal might try to make some noise. Tierra and Reese had them playing very, very good to start the season, but I'm gonna go with Toronto. Toronto's just got too much. They just got too many good players on this team. Like, I don't know. Montreal could try to make some noise, but I'm going to go with Toronto in this group. Group D, Sporting. I don't really need to think about that one that much. They have the best players. They have the most playoff experience out of these teams. Well, Real Salt Lake are also up there as well. Colorado hasn't been good in a while. Minnesota United, they played good to start the season, but now their best defender is out. And one thing that they've struggled with throughout their existence is defending. So now the fact that their best defender is now out, that's not great. But I'm going to go with Sporting winning this group, Group D. Group E, Atlanta United. Uh, not really a lot to think about there. FC Cincinnati are arguably the worst team in the MLS. They were terrible last year in their first year of existence, and they haven't done anything to really improve their seat, improve their team. I think they got Luke DeYoung on their roster. But that's not really changed anything. Right now, if we look at FC Cincinnati, they have zero points. They have a minus two goal differential. They've allowed five goals, which is the joint most in the Eastern Conference, along with the Philadelphia Union. But yeah, FC Cincinnati's bad. New York Red Bulls are, they've got a decent team. The Columbus Crew, pretty much the same thing. But I'm going to go with the Atlanta, Atlanta United winning that group. Even without Joseph Martinez, I think they're still the best team in this group. And Group F, LAFC. This is the toughest group. You got LAFC. The LA Galaxy have made some good moves this offseason. Uh, Portland's will always be up there as one of the better teams in MLS. You usually always be up there as one of the better teams in MLS. And Houston, they're just kind of there. You have a somewhat bad team in the group. I mean, Houston's not terrible. I mean, they started off really good last year, and then they just completely fell off a cliff because they couldn't win on the road, if my memory serves me correctly. But that's my predictions for that. So my winners are Chicago or NYCFC for Group A, Group B, Seattle. Group C, Toronto. Group D, Sporting Kansas City. Group E, Atlanta. Group F, LAFC. Maybe the LA Galaxy makes some noise in Group F, but right now, 
LAFC has this one. They have the best player in the league, and that should carry them over very well. They might as well just – they might win the league this year. I'm pretty confident in LAFC. I think that was my preseason prediction, but I haven't looked at my preseason predictions. I'm not going to look at that until the season's over. This is a little different than what I was originally expecting in the MLS this season. But you know what? There's still a season, so that's always good. At least there's a season. That's that's what we can we can at least say that. I had a piece, I saw a piece of hair just dangling out from. <laughs> it's a weird look we got going on here. Yeah, as you can probably tell, I just threw on a shirt and a hat this morning. I didn't really take the time and get all gussied up this morning, looking all nice for the people on the camera. But yeah, that's my predictions for the MLS. It's a lot of exciting soccer coming up in the near future. But let's move over to the other football, American football, the Washington Redskins. Uh, they've made a lot of noise recently as being absolutely terrible. As a terrible organization, as a terrible team run by a terrible owner. This is a bad owner. And, yeah, this is a bad team. The 21st century has not been kind to the Washington Redskins. Arguably, the 21st century has been harder to nobody but the Washington Redskins because if we're talking about the Redskins now I know you could go you're gonna throw at me the Cleveland Browns they left Cleveland came back and they've sucked ever since yeah I get that the Jets up there as well Jets had Mark Sanchez a quarterback butt fumble but they went to two AFC championship games the Bills hadn't gone to a playoff appearance in 17 years finally made in the 2010s but the Redskins in the 20th century, were considered one of the, if not the best franchise in the NFL. Now, obviously, you got the Packers, the Steelers, the 49ers are up there as well. We're talking about the 20th century. So there's no New England Patriots in the 20th century. Packers were only really good in the last part of the 20th century and the middle part of the 20th century. You look at the between Bart Starr and Brett Favre era in Green Bay. They had some bad football in Green Bay. Very bad football. Like, it was terrible. It's like the Steve Young till Jimmy Garoppolo days. They had some bad 49ers football there. But the Redskins, they won three Super Bowls. Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Not a lot of coaches can say that. It's a very impressive feat and a very underrated feat. And Joe Gibbs is one of the most underrated head coaches in football history. Joe Gibbs is now one of the greatest NASCAR owners of all time. With Joe Gibbs Racing, you had the likes of Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin. You had Joey Logano there before, Eric Jones. Uh, crap. Martin Truex Jr., Christopher Bell. You had so many talented drivers in Joe Gibbs. Now, they're not all on the main Joe Gibbs Racing team. That is just uh, Bush, Logano, or not Logano, Bush, Hamlin, uh, Eric Jones, and Martin Truex. Christopher Bell's on that, like, little kind of... He's on... He's signed to Joe Gibbs, but not really on Joe Gibbs at the same time, if you know what I'm talking about. It's like, Matt... He's driving Matt DiBenedetto's car, which Matt DiBenedetto was on that team. Yeah, whatever. But they had a great team. Great teams. The Hogs, one of the greatest offensive lines of all time. Daryl Green, one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. Fastest player in NFL history by a lot of people's accounts. You had John Riggins, one of the greatest power backs of all time you had the injury to joe theisman one of the most gruesome nfl injuries of all time he's had a lot of great moments in the 20th century 
for the Washington Redskins. And then the 21st century comes. Daniel Snyder buys the team. And everything goes downhill. Terrible. Ter- absolutely terrible. Now the Redskins has already been a laughing stock of the NFL in recent history. I think everybody can agree on that. No one. I know one Redskins fan. I know one. No, uh, three. I know three of them because two of them are brothers. One of them I went to high school with. But no one. There's not a lot of Redskins fans out there. And now, this has been talked about throughout their history, essentially, about their logo change. How it's needed to happen. Redskins need a logo change. Redskins need a name change. Like, it's not something you really think about when you're younger, but as you get older, it's like, yeah, this is not a really good team name. Your team name is the skin color of another group of people. Like, that's the Redskins. Oh, jeez, that's maybe the worst nickname in sports, really. It's a terrible nickname. It needs to change. And now the Redskins have officially started doing, what do they call it? Um, They're doing more research on the logo. They're going to look to change the logo. And team names change all the time. We'll get to that in a little bit, but here's a Redskins. The Redskins just released a statement this morning. They made a press release from the Washington Redskins. Here's what the press release says. In light of recent events around our country and feedback from the community, The Washington Redskins are announcing the team will undergo a thorough review of the team's name. This review formalizes the initial discussions the team has been having with the league in recent weeks. Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington Redskins, stated, This process allows the team to take into account not only the proud tradition of the history of the franchise, but also the input from our alumni. The organization sponsors the National Football League and the local community is proud to represent on and off the field. Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington Redskins, remarked, This issue is of personal importance to me, and I look forward to working closely with Dan Snyder to make sure we continue the mission of honoring and supporting Native Americans and our military. We believe this review can and will be conducted with the best interest of all in mind. They need to change the name of the franchise. I think that's obvious. I think everybody can agree that yes, the Washington Redskins need to change their name. Now, people out there going like, oh, the history of the Redskins. You can't you can't change the name of the Redskins. There's so much history tied in to the franchise. You can't do it. Team names change all the time. It's happened throughout almost every sport in American sports. We were just talking about the MLS sporting Kansas City. They were the KC Wizards, uh, the San Jose Cla- or Flash, or now San Jose Earthquakes. There's just a lot, and there's more, but... The, I didn't write these ones down. They kind of just popped in my head right now. But there's been a lot of name changes in sports in America. Dallas Burn or another one, the FC Dallas. New York Metro Stars, New York Red Bulls. Like they, It happens all the time. And then you got more and more high-profile cases. The Washington Wizards, same city, Washington Bullets was our old name. You have the New Orleans Hornets. Or the Oklahoma City Hornets for those like two years when after Hurricane Katrina. The New Orleans Pelicans now. The Charlotte Bobcats changed their name back to the Charlotte Hornets once the Hornets left for New Orleans. The Houston Oilers or slash Tennessee Oilers for the two years before they changed their name to the Tennessee Titans were another one. The Oilers had a great history down in Houston. They 
packed up shop to Tennessee, and they changed their name. The Tampa Bay Devil Rays are now the Tampa Bay Rays. The Mighty Ducks in Anaheim are now the Mighty the Anaheim Ducks. The Quebec Nordiques. Now, there's a lot of these that have to do with, like, moving of a franchise. But still change the name. Quebec Nordiques are the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Rockies are the New Jersey Devils. The Winnipeg Jets, the old ones, are the Arizona Coyotes. And the Atlanta Thrashers are the Winnipeg Jets of now. Atlanta and the NHL has had two franchises leave. The Atlanta Flames, who are now the Calgary Flames, and the Atlanta Thrashers, who are now the Winnipeg Jets. And then you had the Seattle Supersonics, changed their name to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the New Orleans Jazz, they should have changed their name when they moved to Utah, but now that's just done. I mean, they've pretty much branded around that. They made some pretty iconic uniforms with the mountains on it, with the Jazz on it, but they that's the dumbest nickname of all sports. One of the dumbest. With j- Jazz in Utah. Those two really mix. Is there jazz in Utah? I don't know. I don't know what they'd call them, but something's got to be better than Utah Jazz. They should have changed that right away. Jazz New Orleans makes perfect sense, obviously. And jazz in Utah, no. And then you got one: the Washington Sentinels moving from D.C. to Texas to become the Texas Rangers. Sentinels are a very interesting one. I put those last for a reason because that is the name of Shane Falco's team in The Replacements. One of my favorite movies of all time, The Replacements. Keanu Reeves is the greatest movie of all time, (laughs) The Replacements. I love the movie, if I'm being 100% honest. I love The Replacements. And The Sentinels, it'd it'd be drawing a lot of funny things like, oh my God, you named your team after a movie? Well, the Anaheim Ducks did that. The Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, they're owned by Disney. So they became the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, which was a movie before the team came into existence. Be the same thing with the Washington Sentinels. They were the TV, they were the movie before with Keanu Reeves, and now they're a team, an actual working NFL team. But obviously, that one's not going to happen. I would be, that'd be really funny to see that happen. I think they gain a lot more fans if they were called the Sentinels than the Redskins. Then you got the DC Defenders are another one. The XFL team, when the XFL folded, the DC Defenders name is now up there. You can take it. DC Defenders were my favorite XFL team. Cardell Jones was there. It was fun to watch. And then it was kind of, I had the same feelings towards the XFL that I have about the AAF. I loved it at the beginning. I absolutely loved it. And then after like week three, it starts going, uh, uh, we're watching like backup players. Why am I excited? Watch. Why am I getting hyped up to watch players that aren't good enough for the NFL? I mean, they had some talent. Like PJ Walker was a baller, but a lot of other players in the league outside of Walker weren't anything to go heck yeah about. It was not very fun to watch. But the DC Defenders, Washington Defenders, you don't even need to be able to put DC in there if you want to do that. But I think the one that's my favorite. This was my favorite. I saw this on Instagram last night, and then I saw it again on Twitter this morning. And I've seen – it's been talked about quite a bit in fan circles. And I'm all for this team name. It's the Washington Red Tails. I really like this name, especially the reasoning behind it. So the reasoning is the the name Red Tails celebrates the World War II Tuskegee Airmen who were the first African-American military aviators in the U.S. Armed Forces. The nickname Red Tails – comes from their planes, which had a distinct crimson tail. 
that would be awesome. The Red Tails just sounds like a cool team name anyways. That was like Ron Rivera said, uh, honor the military as well. Honor the first African-American uh, aviators in the military. I couldn't remember. I, I was blanking for a little bit. That would be a great way to honor them. Go from the Washington Redskins, one of the, out of racially, like the racially named teams in the Like there's a lot of teams that have team names that are negatively, that can put, that can be seen as putting negative light on Native Americans. The Redskins are by far the worst one. It's by far the worst one. Easily the worst. So going off that and then moving on to the Red Tails would be a great step in the direction. Great step in the right direction. I would love that team name. And the best part about it is you don't even need to change the colors. Like they had a crimson tail. The, the Redskins main color is like a maroon crimson color. And some of the mock-ups on social media are fantastic. Some of the uniform mock-ups that people have made are awesome. So if I'm voting that the Washington Redskins change their name to the Washington Red Tails, that team name is just, that's just a good team name. It's a good overall, I feel good saying the Washington Red Tails. I don't cringe inside saying the Washington Redskins or Washington Red Tails as I do saying the Washington Redskins. Like, it's like that. The Indians need to change at least their logo. Get the Chief Wahoo or whatever his name is off the logo. Like, that that one's the second worst by far. But the Redskins need to get rid of the name Redskins. And Red Tails is my personal favorite. And I hope that they move on going towards Red Tails. Because Ron Rivera was talking about in that little statement I read. Talking about how he wants to honor the military. That would be a great way to honor the military. And I didn't really know about the Tuskegee Airmen until I saw United at the Museum battle the Smithsonian. With Daryl from the office. I can't remember. Is it Greg Robinson? Is that his name? From the office. Played one of the captains in the Tuskegee Airmen. And the and the United Museum battle Smithsonian. But that would be a great way to honor them. And a great name change. Washington Red Tails. It already sounds good. It sounds good already. But yeah. Keep the same colors. Change the logo. Change the name. Mwah, perfect. In my eyes. In my eyes. But my eyes might not. It might not be viewed the same. My, I might not view something the same way someone else does. Which is obvious. Which is how a lot of things in, I guess, sports talk radio. If you want to call this that. Is. Like not. There's a lot of people that have differing opinions. Like, my opinions are different than that of Stephen A. Smith's or some of Big Cat's things. We're going all over the different broadcasts. We got ESPN Barstool, and then we'll go Colin Coward on Fox Sports. And there's one topic that I very much disagree on Colin Coward with. I have no beef with Colin Coward anymore. I think he had beef with the entire state of Iowa at least the Iowa Hawkeyes side of the state of Iowa. I, he, Iowa State, he got so much support of the Iowa State fans, it was ridiculous. But Iowa fans have always had a testy relationship with Colin Coward. And it all started because of the whole fake idea of college football thing. Now that thing's over, finally, because of the fact that Iowa genetically jackhammered Ohio State. <laughs> 
which is one of my that's one of my favorite sayings ever shout out john leo for saying that at the off <laughs> i i love it's so funny um but yeah they pounded ohio state ever since then it's been off but he started to slowly get iowa fans back now there's a lot of iowa fans out there now you got some back but there's still a lot of iowa fans that hold a lot of grudges towards colin coward and Colin Coward's pretty much saying what Iowa State fans were saying at the time. And Iowa State fans and Iowa fans obviously don't have the the kind of butt heads from time to time. But now he's starting to get some back. But one thing I will forever disagree on Colin Coward about, at least at the time being, and he's said this since the 2018 draft, is that Sam Darnold is this amazing quarterback. And that the Jets, going into this season, are going to win the AFC East. Or at least tie the Bills for the lead in the AFC East. Ha. Huh. Intriguing. What is this based off of? Is this based off of your love for Sam Darnold? Or is it based off of... Nothing else. Because I have the Jets depth chart pulled up on my computer. What about this team? Just looking at it on Facebook. What about this team screams division winners your wide receiving core consists of a rookie Brashad Perriman and Jameson Crowder who I'll say is a good wide receiver but then you got Josh Doxson who has been kicked off of two NFL franchises already three maybe he hasn't been very good since going to the NFL then you got oh Makai Becton okay good draft pick glad you actually addressed the offensive line there Rest your offensive line, there's nothing to really go like, yeah, this is awesome about. Connor McGovern's a decent center, but there's nothing really amazing about it. Le'Veon Bell's a good running back, but he struggled last year, mostly because the offensive line sucked. Sam Darnold hasn't been very good throughout his two years in the NFL. Got to finally a backup that can learn from him. He had Trevor Simeon last year. He destroyed his ankle against the, who was it against? Was it against the Browns? Maybe. Who did he break his ankle against? Because then Luke Falk came in. It was a Thursday. It was a Monday night or Thursday night football game. I can't remember which one it was. Then you look on defense. C.J. Mosley, awesome. Jamal Adams, beautiful. Um, what else about this team screams division winners? I don't get it. The Jets will probably finish five and eleven or six and ten this year, if I'm being honest. And everyone he wants to throw out that the Jets won seven of the last six games, or won seven of the last six. That's something that Jets fans would say. Jets won seven games their last half of the season. In the last half of the season, the Jets had the easiest schedule, but also lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. They, the Jets were the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals' first wins of the season. Impressive stuff. Very impressive stuff. Other, it was the Jets and the Cleveland Browns had the two easiest schedules in the last half of the season. So everybody going like, oh, they did so good in the last half of the season. Well, yeah, if they didn't, I would think something seriously wrong with them. There's no way they couldn't have a good last half of the season. They were seven and six. I mean, they finished seven and six. They lost to the Bengals. They beat bad teams. And then they barely beat the Bills third string offense and defense playing their starters. The Bills said, we don't care about this game at all because we're already in the playoffs. Let's put Isaiah McKenzie at corner. That's how little the Bills cared about that game last year. And now, 
the Jets, after that last half of the season where they saw them go on an insane run of 7-6, and six, beating some terrible teams along the way, now they're going to win a division with the n- no moves they made this offseason. They're looking like, oh, we got Jamal Adams. We have C.J. Mosley. He was hurt all last season. You look at the rest of their defense. Quinnen Williams sucked last year. Everybody else, who else is any good on this team? Really? Going to offense. You have Le'Veon Bell. Awesome. Your receivers are very, very young. And then you have Brashad Perriman, who has been on, what, four teams already? He's been in the league for four seasons, four or five seasons. He's been on four teams. That's just what I can remember. He's on the Ravens, Browns, Tampa Bay Bucks, and now the Jets. There might have been another team somewhere in there. Then you got Mekhi Becton. Great pick by Mekhi Becton. Big dude. Sure up running game. Sure up the left side of the O-line. Perfect. But nothing about this team, looking at it on my computer right now, tells me that this team is ready for a division title. And even tell me they're ready for a 500 season yet. This roster isn't good. <laughs> it is an all right roster. I will give it that. But it is not that good of a roster. They have about four players that are very, very talented. They're very, very good. Like Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Adams, CJ Mosley. And then I'll give you Makai Becton. But we really don't know yet because he hasn't played a single snap in the NFL yet. But, man, I don't know what a lot of people are seeing in this. And ESPN wrote an article because everybody's going like Mike Greenberg on ESPN came out and said, how is Sam Darnold not the best team quarterback in this division? To, in Mike Greenberg's defense, he is a Jets fan. So that's discredits all of his opinions about how good the Jets are. Colin Coward knows Sam Darnold personally. That wipes out all his opinions about the Jets. It wipes out all of them. It's like uh, uh, Kendrick Perkins has a relation, has is been friends with LeBron James. So you're obviously going to back your friends. You're going to back the people that you know. Obviously. That's what everybody does. You back your friends. You back the people you're close with. You back your favorite teams. Not a lot of people don't really have a lot of negative things to say about their favorite teams or people they know. Or their friends. Or close friends. Sam Darnold and ESPN finally made an article. I thought they would never do this. The article was titled, Sam Darnold's numbers through the first two seasons are horrid. Is his talent salvageable? Is his talent salvageable? And we're talking about division titles for this man. What division title is Sam Darnold winning? And here's a little snippet from the article. Overall, Darnold was a below-average quarterback last season. When you take a look at the 26 quarterbacks through at least 400 passes, he ranked 21st or worse in QBR, passer rating, adjusted net passing yards, and off-target percentage. The guys below him and those targets were either struggling young quarterbacks such as Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, and Daniel Jones, and or passers lost their starting jobs such as Andy Dalton, Mitch Trubisky, and Kyle Allen. What? That... Who is crowning them division? I don't see anybody crowning the Browns, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Bengals, the Bears, or the Panthers, because those are the teams like Andy Dalton and Kyle Allen played on last year. No one's crowning them division titles. And some of those rosters are better than the Jets roster. I would say 
the bang uh, no, uh Bengals offensive roster is better. I don't know about their defense. The Bears roster is better. The Panthers roster is better. Browns roster is definitely better. And the Giants roster, eh, it, mm, eh. Both teams in New Jersey are not very good right now. But Sam Darnold, I think his talent is salvageable to a certain extent. But the people that were draft that were talking about drafting him, were talking about how he is the the can't miss prospect of this draft. How he is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. He's up there with Andrew Luck and John Elway as can't miss NFL quarterbacks. And then now in year three, before his year three, we're talking about is his talent salvageable? Because Sam Darnold, though his talent, he's decently mobile. He's a big guy. But the sea ghost thing, the inconsistent play every single game. Like, who in their right mind says he's the best quarterback in the NFL? Or in the AFC East. No one said NFL. But AFC East. Those people... Mike Greenberg, Colin Coward, and the multiple people I've seen on social media need to stop with their takes on this. Because nothing Sam Darnold has done throughout his first two years in the NFL has been noteworthy as you're the best quarterback in a division. It's not nowhere close. Sam Darnold, we have to watch what the likes of Tua Tagovailoa do or Jarrett Sidham or Cam Newton do this year because none of them have played the division yet. So that just gives Sam Darnold an easy pass a second. But until then, once these guys actually start playing, we might actually see them pass Sam Darnold for the second best quarterback in this division. Nothing Sam Darnold has done throughout his career so far has been, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good quarterback. I don't know what they're watching that makes them view that. I'm viewing it as, Let's hope he does something good for his sake. Because right now, there's nothing that, that he has done other than that first game against the Lions where he threw the pick six and then kind of bounced back and then ass-pounded the Giants or Lions. I have seen nothing that has made me go, wow, I wish the Bills drafted him. No, I saw an edit on uh, Instagram, uh, when was it, last week? It had Sam Darnold in a Bills uniform and Josh Allen in a Jets uniform. It looked weird, and I wouldn't change that for the world. <laughs> no world where I have Sam Darnold over Josh Allen. In no world. Now, I know with this goal, he's like, oh, well, you just said that Greenberg's opinions about the Jets are invalid because he was, he's a Jets fan. You're a Bills fan, so you can't say anything good about the Bills because that makes it invalid. The difference is, the, the Bills' <laughs> situation is, Josh Allen is a better quarterback. That's not just me being an an opinionated fan. Nothing Sam Darnold has done throughout his career has been better than what Josh Allen has. Josh Allen's been to a playoffs. Josh Allen, unlike Sam Darnold, was considered the biggest project in the draft. Sam Darnold was the day one ready starter by a lot of people. And he was the first quarterback to start out of those draft class. And he's been the second worst one out of the first round. (laughs) Josh Allen was considered the biggest project. Josh Allen needed a year to sit and learn the NFL. Now he's in his second year starting. He's been to a playoff game, struggled in the playoffs 
minus the first quarter because Brian Dable tried to get cute and frustrating. But Josh Allen was supposed to be bad. Everybody's opinions about Josh Allen now are the same that they've had since the draft because they don't want to be wrong. I'll hold my hands up if I'm wrong. I've made fun of myself on this show before about how I was wrong. About a lot of things. You can go back and listen to the old shows on Spotify or SoundCloud. Now you can go listen to shows on Spotify or Apple Apple Podcasts. I make fun of myself for being wrong all the time. The people that loved Sam Darnold the draft are the same people that are defenders now. And the people that hated Josh Allen at the draft hate Josh Allen even more now. Sam Darnold can be a good quarterback in this league. I have no doubt that Sam Darnold could be a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a lost cause that he's screwed for his entire life. Now, the Jets might screw him, but he's, as of right now, there is nothing he's done that has gone, yes, I love this guy. I want to build my team around him. No? Not you either? Oh, wow. It's like that list that said Sam Darnold is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. How? What has he done that makes him underrated? He doesn't do anything. He hasn't played good in the games they've won. He's he hasn't played he hasn't played good in a lot of games he's played in. He was on pace to break Peyton Manning's interception record, and then he got hurt. I think they just saved his confidence because they know he's got a weak <laughs> his confidence is very low already. As you saw the seeing ghost thing last year. Which they were obviously not very happy about. Now, in Sam Rawls' defense, the Jets haven't done a whole lot to help this guy out. I will say that. They're starting to try to kind of do things where they get in Denzel Mims in the second round. Great value pick. And then Mekhi Becton in the first round. Two positions of need of the draft. Left tackle and wide receiver. Needed that. Le'Veon Bell, Mekhi Becton helps him out as well. So that will help him. Running back, running back that can catch the ball is a quarterback's best friend. Takes the, so much pressure off the quarterback. So much pressure. So if Le'Veon Bell can get back to his old self, what he was in Pittsburgh, then Sam Darnold, I have no doubt, can salvage his talent, if we want to call it salvaging. I think there's talent in there, but right now, he hasn't done anything that says he's a franchise quarterback. Yet... He went, yeah, he went, he won seven games last year, but they had the easiest schedule in the NFL. It would be more of a factor of if he didn't win it, then I'd be, have a little more concern for Sam Darnold. Then I'd be like, okay, he's done. He can't win in this level. I mean, you can go listen back to the old shows because I talked about this on SoundCloud. So you can go back because I was trying to help the Browns out because the Browns had the second easiest schedule. You can go back. And listen to the old Logan Blackman show. From well, I say old, it was like November. But it's on spot it's on SoundCloud. I keep saying Spotify, but it's on SoundCloud, so go listen to that episode if you want. I don't know what episode it is, but it's on there somewhere. But Sam Darnold, man, I think his talent is salvageable. Do I think the Jets are helping him? Not at all. I do not. But I think they got some decent players like Beckton, Bell, Denzel Mims to help him out. I think Jameson Crowder's pretty good. I think Chris Herndon can be good. But, yeah. Unless you're a Jets fan, there's nothing really that says he's that good. Or if you know Sam Darnold, there's nothing that's like, I'm going to defend this guy because there's nothing really to defend. 
other than his first game and yeah cool you beat the cowboys but the same year you lost the dolphins got their first win and lost the Bengals their first win and he looked terrible in both those games so i don't know what you want me to say i i think sam Darnold's a good dude from what i can tell he looks like a good dude but i don't think it's anything that i'm gonna i'm not gonna place my house on him being the next john elway or anything like that but i think his talent's salvageable but we'll have to wait and see so with that being said let's look at the 2018 draft class and i put quarterbacks on here that have been have played have had significant playing time in the nfl or not significant but i've had starts if that makes sense now i might have missed somebody on here now there's eight quarterbacks that i believe have had starts on this list but I don't know. We'll probably switch it around as we go, but here's what I got right now. Number one, Lamar Jackson, undoubtedly number one. Second ever unanimous MVP in NFL history. 3,000 yards passing, 1,000 yards rushing, led the league in passing touchdowns, had the league best record last year, 14-2. Struggled in the playoffs, but there's only one other quarterback on this list that's played in the playoff game. So that's not really saying. Lamar Jackson's played in two already. Yeah, I Lamar, easily the best in this class so far then there's a gap and then number two is josh allen josh allen also played in a playoff game much like lamar jackson struggled in his first playoff game played good at the start a kind of like a reverse thing of what lamar did lamar struggled at the beginning played better at the end josh allen was great at the beginning of the bills texans game kind of tried to do too much towards the end of the game and but yeah so far in his career josh allen is easily the second best quarterback. It's ironic because out of the first round picks, there's five first round quarterbacks. Baker went one, Darnold three, Josh Allen seven, Rosen ten, Lamar thirty two. Out of those five, number seven and number thirty two were the least ready, according to the national media, out of everybody in the draft class, out of all the quarterbacks, were the least ready to play out of the first round talents. Those two are the best two in the class. That's all I need to say about that. Josh Allen was the biggest project, and Lamar Jackson was pretty was not that far behind him. And those two are the best quarterbacks in the class. Josh Allen started week two. Josh Allen had Nathan Peterman and AJ McCarron to learn from. And he had to go up and play the Chargers. He had to play the Ravens. He had to play the Green Bay Packers. He went into Minnesota, where the Bills were massive underdogs i think a 15 point underdog i could be wrong about that went in and beat the vikings in u.s bank stadium one of the greatest games i've ever been to i've never gone into a game and just gone i'm excited to be here i think today will be fun and then left going i cannot believe that just happened but in a happy sense vikings fans were in the very same light but on the opposite end i cannot believe that happened how the hell did that happen but it did. Josh is easily the second best quarterback in this class. Number three, you can have a battle here. You have fisticuffs between Jets fans, Browns fans around the league. But Baker Mayfield, so far, has had a better career than Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield, in his first year in the league, came second in the rookie of the year voting, struggled at times, beat the teams that was kind of like Sam Darnold last year, but actually played good in the games they won. Very easy schedule his first year. For the team for the teams they beat, he 
beat them, but the teams they struggled, they were not supposed to beat, they definitely lost to. But Baker's at least had some signs of he can play in the NFL or that he's a decent to good, he's a good quarterback. He's at least had that. He struggled mightily last year, but at least he had that one season where we go, okay, yeah, he's got some talent in there. Darnold hasn't yet, anyways. I think in time he could pass Baker Mayfield, but for right now, Darnold's number four on this list. And that's just because the rest of this list is either a backup or has not had a chance to play so far in their career. And the last ones are Kyle Allen's number five, because Kyle Allen, he, uh, what do you want to call it? Kyle Allen played good for the first part of last season. When Cam Newton got hurt, Kyle Allen started playing good. And we were the first on the scene to say, wait a minute, he's playing some garbage-ass teams. Wait until he actually played some good teams, and look what happened. He sucked. Got benched for Will Greer. Then Will Greer got knocked out of a football game. Like I said, with going, go back and listen to Logan Blackman's show from November, October, from when he first started, because we were saying that the entire time. See, that's the thing with me and different show. I remember everything. So if I said something stupid, I remember it, sadly. If I say something brilliant, or that's turned out to be right, I'll remind every freaking loser. That said it wouldn't happen. And that's what happened with Kyle Allen. He was unready. He was even college coach at the time. When he left Houston. Said he's not ready for the pros. Went undrafted. And had a decent first part of the season last year. Sucked the rest of it. So now he's a backup on the Redskins. So we'll see what he does there. Number six. Josh Rosen. Rosen had some signs that he could be good on the Cardinals his first year. Some. Not a lot. But some, because the Cardinals were absolutely atrocious. The worst offensive line in the league. Not really any talent on the roster. And then he got stuck with a situation where the coach had a quarterback he wanted that he wanted in college. Who recruited after high school. Recruited him at Texas A&M. And now, he want, now he's the head coach of a franchise. That sucks. That is, that's too bad. So Josh goes to Miami with another terrible offensive line. And Josh Rosen... Unlike Ryan Fitzpatrick, is not that durable. That was the big question mark on him coming out of college. Was can he handle the pressure of the NFL? Can he handle getting hit every down when playing on some bad franchise like the Cardinals, like the Miami Dolphins? Can he handle that? And he struggled last year. I think if he gets a chance, I've heard that the Steelers are looking at him. I think that would be a great place for him to restart his career. Because I think Rosen's got talent. I think Rosen's just been getting fisted by everybody. And it, it's called karma because he was an absolute a-hole when he got drafted. Absolute a-hole. I don't think anybody really feels sorry for him. I have a little bit of sorry or sorrow for Josh Rosen. A little more compassionate. But I really, it, it's a mixture of sorrow and I feel bad for this guy and that serves you right. You're an a-hole. There were nine mistakes taken before me. He's just a cocky a-hole the entire time of the draft process so this is what karma is essentially but i hope he does end up on his feet because i think he's got talent number seven mason rudolph he sucks there's not really a lot to talk about that and then luke falk he played two games got hurt and i think he's out of the league but 
at the time when he played the Patriots, sixth round pick 199 was playing sixth round pick 199, Brady versus Luke Falk, starting trying to start the narrative that he could be the next Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, he wasn't, and I don't know where he is now. He ain't on the Jets anymore. Let's just say that. But, yeah, I think that's the list from the 2018 draft class. Lamar, Josh Allen, Baker, Sam Darnold, Kyle Allen, Josh Rosen, Mason Rudolph, and Luke Falk. That's the list of the 2018 draft class. Might change this upcoming season, but Baker and Sam are going to have to do a lot to at least get up to number two. Hey, ain't No one's touching number one right now. At this point in time, no one's really touching number one. I think Josh can have a big step up this year, but... I don't think he's ready to take on Lamar for the number one quarterback in this draft class. But isn't that kind of funny, though? The two quarterbacks that were considered the biggest projects out of this draft class are the two best quarterbacks in this draft class. How crazy is that? Super crazy. Super insanely crazy. I love it, though, because I love both those guys. Love Lamar, love Josh Allen. And I wish them nothing but success for the remainders of the career. And I hope they meet each other in the playoffs because I think that would be a great playoff matchup. Bills really should have beaten the Ravens last year. Got screwed out of that game. The Bills should have had a lot of wins last year. Other than the Eagles game, they had a lot of winnable games last year. The Buffalo Bills did. When Josh Allen completes over 60% of his passes, the Bills are undefeated. So, yeah, I think if Josh Allen takes another step this year, the Bills will be one of the best teams in the NFL because their defense is capable of doing it. They've got the receivers now. They've got some running back help. They've built up a pretty nice offensive line. Still could use some work, but pretty nice offensive line. And yeah, it'll be fun to see what goes on this year. I'm excited. I'm very excited for this year. Jets fans, calm down. Sam Darnold might still be good, but as of right now, he's just a bang average quarterback. Maybe even below bang average. I don't even know. But he he ain't underrated. And he ain't one, he ain't the best quarterback in the AFC East. Calm that down. Get that out of here. So let's let's end it right there. So with that being said, let's end it today on this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. End it on a nice little Sam Darnold rant, which is what I love doing more than anything else on the Logan Blackman Show. Next to like Stay Woke Wednesday, to Friday Fun Day, to Top Five Dumbest, all of those great segments. We haven't done yay or nay in a while. We didn't have a show on Monday, so we couldn't even do it. But yay or nay might be returning on Monday. We'll have to wait and see. I hope everybody enjoys their 4th of July weekend. And I will hopefully, because I didn't do a show last Monday, I will hopefully see you guys next Monday. I will see you later. Peace.